We got Verizon 5G home internet. It's from Verizon. Safe choice, right? Well, some things that look great end up being not so great. Like the time you bought a shrimp roll from a gas station. Ugh. Or when you bought that used sports car. <laughs> What about when we got Billy that drum set? The point is, Verizon 5G home internet sounded great. But turned out to be something else. And we deserve fast, reliable internet. We deserve Xfinity. It's time for better internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts. And welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday, March 6, 2023. A pretty busy Monday after a really quiet last couple of weeks. But Dave, coming off the NFL Combine, getting ready for the start of free agency, which will occur next week. So there is a lot happening and about to happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dave, how you doing? Hey now! <laughs> <laughs> the old Howard Stern greeting there. Ah. Uh, uh, you're not a big Howard Stern fan, are you? No. Uh, occasionally, I've gone back. This is all right. This is going to be a really morbid way. Well, I mean, I'm going to put that aside. Sometimes I listen to Stern. He's got some interesting stuff from long ago, but I don't want to delve too much into that because he can be a, a controversial figure. Yeah, I don't listen to him as much as I used to, but this time of the offseason, I have a little, just a little bit more time, especially laying in bed. I'll put it on there. But uh, no, I'm doing fine. And as you stated, you know, been kind of a quiet couple of weeks as far as the Steelers news cycle goes, but uh, that's all going to be changing here in the next nine days or so. It should start heating up uh, overall here. We'll probably see some cuts and some, you know, re-signings potentially, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on, on the restructure end of things. They get a couple of those worked out there, but uh, coming out of the combine now, uh, it's going to start getting a little busier. Yeah, it is. And as you guys see in the title of this stream, my first really official Pittsburgh Steelers mock draft went up on Monday. I'll scroll through it. Maybe Dave and I will talk about it a little bit throughout the stream. But of course, our focus here is answering your questions for the next hour until 8 p.m. Eastern time. So be sure to get your questions in. If you want to send a super chat, that'll be a guarantee that your question gets asked and answered by Dave and myself. It'll also move you to the front of the line. So we'll dive right in here with the questions. We'll start with our friend Mike Adesso, who says, Hi guys, who's one guy on offense and one on defense that helped themselves the most at the Combine Steeler-related mine is Darnell Washington and Jack Campbell. I think, Mike, those are two pretty solid names. Washington for Pittsburgh still feels a bit of a stretch, but he is a lot of fun to watch and project. Yeah, those are some good choices there. Uh, Alex, I'll have to go with John Gaines, uh, the second out of UCLA. Uh, you know, maybe helped himself in my mind. May, you know, I don't want to say that that's a guy that uh, out of the blue, he's, he's, I, I never liked using the old flying up the draft board thing mm -hmm. because I, I believe on the NF, you know, on, on in NFL circles, they already know who these guys are, you know? Uh, but uh, you know, I think in cer certain aspects, seeing them, I mean, they have the combine for the, for a reason, right? Seeing some of these guys, uh, do these drills specifically here, but I, I'll, I'll tell you in my eyes, uh, I think on, on offense, I think John Gaines is second you know, really did, uh, uh, help himself as, as far as what he did. And, uh, you know, I, and I tweeted that this out earlier in the day, Alex, uh, there's not a lot of talk about true guards in this draft class. Is there, especially now on, you know, there, there's been the top guys, uh, Steve Avilia, obviously. And then, you know, Cyrus Torrance out of Florida, Torrance probably being regarded as, as 
you know, one of the top true guards in this class. And then, you know, once you get past Avilia, uh, you know, it, 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 most of the talk starts becoming, well, this tackle can kick inside mm-hmm. or this center can kick, you know, uh, over over to guard. Uh, and then, on, you know, such an uh, unfortunate thing, what happened with Voorhees there, because I, I really think that he was right in the running to be one of the top guards uh, drafted in this class uh, with him. Uh, having that unfortunate injury now, I really think people are going to start hearing a lot more about John Gaines out of UCLA. Uh, so that's that would be one. Uh, let's see, defense. Uh, I mean, Brissy, I think, helped himself just for moving well and looking yeah. healthy and, and, and having a good workout. Yeah, look, I, I just think can't, you know, Kalijah can't see overall. You know, I, I several weeks ago, I mean, it's been probably more than a few weeks ago. I kind of uh, put it in our direct message feed for for our contributors. What's what's this guy going to measure in at? I mean, is he even going to be six feet? You know, I kind of wondered about that. Well, I think his 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 measurables alone uh, on the height and the weight. Uh, certainly helped him six foot one, even 281 pounds. Now, look, he does have a little bit shorter arms at 30 and five eighths inch uh, inches there, but I mean, uh, and he didn't do anything other than, 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 than run to 40 there and, and ran a nice time there. So I, I think uh, he's a guy, as you mentioned, Brzee, uh I mean, what, what more did you want him to do other than, you know, getting on something to stretch those arms out <laughs> uh, uh, there? I think that's a good choice. Uh, safety, the, the Cal safety, who we talked about on the, uh, right. on the podcast this morning, Daniel Scott, man, uh, you know, I haven't, I, I, I've just done just surface kind of look at him. I haven't really gone deep in India, any, any of his games, but you know, just from a measurable standpoint, you know, I'd say that, uh, he helped himself. Yeah. I think those are all solid names there. And I think maybe some of the edge guys, Jose Ramirez, uh, one of the, the Mac guys, I think also somebody that could be a late round option for the Pittsburgh Steelers, even Matthew Bergeron, the uh, tackle from Syracuse. One of those, could he kick inside type of names? I think he had a good workout, um, good feet overall. He may stay a tackle, but he's a kind of a scrapper. And I think Pittsburgh will like that potentially in the second round. Got a $20 super chat here from Z3 Music Official. Says, starting it strong. And yes, you are. Thank you for the super chat. Says, when will we sign Bud to be a rotational outside linebacker since the Titans released him? Seriously, though, I see us getting Porter Jr. possibly at 17. What's the likelihood that we look at Addison at 32? Hey, with Dupree, that may happen. I mean, I'm not going to discount that. And then with Porter, that's the name of my mock draft here to kick things off. And Addison at 32, I think, honestly, with him having some, you know, I would say average to kind of underwhelming numbers in terms of the workout that he had. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a chance he will fall to 32. All right, here's the thing about Bud Dupree. I mean, it's easy to connect the dots, right? You know, uh, and there's, there's no reason, you know, maybe for the right price for the Steelers you know, to not entertain the notion, but let's remember here, uh, what is, what is the right price? You know, uh, are, would you have to get a two year deal done with him to keep the, the, uh, the 2023, you know, cap number kind of low. I mean, is this a guy that's still, you know, coming off the deal that he's going to come off of? Uh, I mean, I, is he going to accept playing for, for a minimum salary deal in 2023? I think it's a two-year deal. I think a two-year deal for Dupree. Uh, and if it's a two-year deal, what's 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 a fair amount for him? Four or five million? You know, 
it's a, it's a great question. Um, I can see the attraction for him wanting to come back to, you know, had a good relationship with TJ Watt. Schematically, Pittsburgh was such a great home for him with all the stunts and how aggressive that defense could be. He'll just have to, it, really, it, it's partially for him if he wants to accept being a backup because last time he was in Pittsburgh, he was ahead of Alex Highsmith. He comes back, he'll be behind Alex Highsmith, and that's going to be a swallow-your-pride mentality that he'll have to have if he wants to return to Pittsburgh. And then, you know, and, and you know, as, as I just said, you know, the, what's going to be the price? What's a fair price? And, and would he be able to uh, would he be willing to lock up himself for two years, which quite honestly could be the final two years of his NFL career, if we're being honest here? Uh, and what's what's the rest of the market going to do to him? We got word earlier today. I think the Chiefs are, 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 are parting ways with Frank Clark. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is going to saturate the market here between now and. And the fifteenth that's going to give Bud Dupree more competition out there on the market, which would effectively you would think drive his price down. And on top of it, there's only so many teams that you know he's probably going to fit with uh, overall. There, uh, if I had to place a bet right now, whether or not the Steelers will sign him, I would bet no. But it, you know that's just off the cuff of of where the Steelers are cap situation wise, where I would think. Bud would be asking, might be asking, but can can you rule out the possibility of that happening? Absolutely not. Not right now at this time, especially. Look, this this team needs to have better depth at the outside linebacker position uh, in, in 2023, period. Yeah, and then there's health, and he's not been the same guy since tearing his ACL in that last year in Pittsburgh and still got big money in Tennessee, and he's been just struggling to stay on the field. He's now 30, probably not going to get a whole lot better on the other side of 30, so there's a lot of consideration there, but it's possible, and schematically, there's, there's uh, you know he's known to them, and if he wants to be a backup, there's going to be some incentive to do that, but the price, like you said, is going to matter quite a bit. Uh, Jeremy was saying about Jack Campbell. He ran faster than 4.85. He ran 4.65, I think. So that for 2.49, that's a solid time. His other workouts were great. His RAS score was off the charts. And so uh, no issues with the workout that Jack Campbell had. Next question comes from Zachary. If both are there at 32, who would you take? And who do you think the Steelers take between Brzee and Addison? Thanks, guys. It's a good question. I don't know if I love either guy in this draft. I I'd probably gamble at 32 on Brzee's traits and hope for the upside. Yeah, just from more of an overall need uh, aspect as well, too, if you want to factor in in that. Uh, Look, I've said for several weeks now they're they're going to love this kid. It's just where are they going to love him at? You know, uh, where does it make the most most sense uh, for him? And this obviously assumes that they want to stick with kind of that same measurable you know, uh, uh, type. Now, obviously he, you know, his, his, his arms are a little bit shorter, but, uh, uh, I think there is some ceiling left with him, but they're on top of it there. There are the injury concerns. There are the production, the overall production concerns. And as I told Alex on the podcast, not, you know, not this morning, but one of the previous one or two of them, you know, you, you get into watching some of his tape and it's like that, uh, what's the name of that drink, that foreign drink, the kombucha. Yeah, kombucha. Yeah. You know, you you start making all those faces where you shake your head, nah. Then you kind of raise your eyes, and then you kind of squint to you know. That's that's kind of how uneven I, I I feel when when I watch his tape. Now you turn on whole games as a whole. 
you kind of get lost kind of watching some other people on the field sometimes Mm -hmm. there. Uh, And I think that kind of reconfirms some of his stuff, too, with those shorter arms, because sometimes he locks up in there and he has trouble getting loot. You know, he has problems uh, countering off of that. But on the flip side, he can win. He can win in the gap. You know, uh, uh, on some things, and he 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 he. Uh, when you do some of those uh, inside twists and stunts, he moves really well with those as well too. So there's aspects of his tape that 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 you really like. There's some aspects of it that that you know will kind of make you turn your nose up at him. And then there's the whole production and the injury history of, of him as well. But they're going to love him overall it's just a matter of where they would like him so mm-hmm. in, in general here i would tend to think that they if we're talking about 32 specifically and both those guys on the board i would tend to think that maybe they would lean toward brzee but i mean who knows yeah that's where i'm at right now obviously would like both guys and they're pretty familiar with addison but some of the mental toughness that brzee has the athleticism you know can play up and down the line and uh, probably less He's not the face of your class at 32 the way he would be at 17, um, which probably makes you feel a bit more comfortable about assuming some of that risk and some of that projection. So I'll go Brzee for both, but you know we'll see pro days and where this team goes. Clemson coming up here pretty quick, a uh, couple weeks or l- less than that, and so we'll uh, we'll get a gauge for where they go. Uh, the fellow Alex says, if Jalen Carter were to fall to that 8 or 9 range, how would you feel about moving up to draft him? I probably wouldn't. It's not even about necessarily the off-the-field stuff, although I think for Pittsburgh that's going to be a consideration. Um, I'm just not going to trade up a a ton there for Jalen Carter, and I just don't think he's going to fall that far anyway. And so I think it's um, not something I've considered a lot, but uh, not something I would probably do. The game, and of course, we don't know all the facts. And he's come out and said that he feels he's going to be exonerated and all uh, from all this. But I, you know, from from what's out there right now, from 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 what we know, I play this game in my head. Okay, what if he? Uh, what is it about him? Should he fall to seventeen? That would make the Steelers say, well, we're going to be the ones to end right. the fall. If he's you know? falling that far, there's some other serious stuff that's going on. Right. So that that's the game that I kind of, you know, I would think that whatever would cause him to fall that far, at least in my head, I would think that would can make him continue to fall past the Steelers, if that makes sense. Sure. And focusing on what Pittsburgh may do or what we think would do, they have steered cleared of anybody with any sort of character, red flags, any sort of arrest. Well, it was the last time that they drafted a player that we knew had an arrest or some obvious character concern. Uh, on the day he was drafted, I couldn't tell you the last name. I mean, Martavis Bryant, I I, I don't know. So they've really kind of had the whole hearts and smarts and super high character type guys. Right. I uh, got a comment. I'd have to go back and look at the list. To yeah, kind of asking more rhetorically, but I know it's it's far and few between, especially with your top picks. I mean, Kenny Pickett, squeaky clean. Najee Harris, squeaky clean. Edmonds, clean. Devin Bush, I think clean overall in terms of the, you know, no off the field type stuff whenever he came out. So um, that kind of thing to me, just the way that Pittsburgh is gone. Uh, Jack says, been waiting for this for a little bit. Happy to be here. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate you and everybody else that's in the chat right now. Again, answering your Steelers questions until the top of the hour. i uh, got a question here from, I just lost my place. John Davis, do you see us getting Mike Morris with any one particular name, especially more of the mid-round type guys like Morris? 
it's really a dart throw to try to guess about that. I know he dropped some weight to maybe, I think, be more of a 4-3 type end. Just have the size to add that weight back on and, and, and some length. So maybe, but trying to guess at any one name is, is really hard to do right now. Wasn't he the one that mostly did play end? I think I hadn't studied him specifically yet. I just know that I think at the combine he had dropped some weight. And I think they, uh, yeah, because ahead of the ahead of the combine, didn't he weigh a little bit more than than the two seventy five that he weighed in at? I think he was listed heavier than that. Yeah, right. And I think I, I and I the the thing that was and I at first I thought uh, NFL.com maybe had him classified wrong, and and you know that that's what kind of caught my eye because I think technically they had him listed as an edge, and I thought to myself, man, that's a that's a heavy edge you know, there. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I've, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I've just seen just a, uh, a little bit on his tape yet. Mutated genome. Hi, Alex and Dave. Who's a better affordable option, a backup outside linebacker other than bud. Um, I'll have a free agent wish list for the Steelers offense tomorrow. Defense will come out later in the week. I don't want to spoil the names there. There's maybe one or two that we could talk about. So, yeah, I mean, Dupree's in that mix, but it's also draft versus internal options, making DeMarvin Leal that hybrid, you know, rotational guy slash interior rusher on third down. So it's not just free agency versus the rest of versus uh, Bud versus the rest of free agency. It's, it's that versus draft versus what you already have that you really have to factor in. Yeah, people are not probably not going to get overly joyed uh, about the name, but uh, I think Chase Winovich is a guy that they they would like you know, at, at, at a very, very low price. And once again, you see, you know, if this market continues to flood with the likes of the Bud Dupree's and the Frank Clark's and all like that, I mean, what, what's that going to do to a guy like Chase Winovich, who's battled hamstring injuries the last couple of years? I mean, this guy's got to be looking at close to a, a veteran, uh, 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 benefit contract. Right. So, uh, even if you did sign him at that, it's not like you're married to him, but, you know, obviously from the area, the Steelers had some pre-draft interest in him going back several years ago. Uh, to his credit, I think he was able to get back on the field late last season and and, and put some bi- some decent snaps on tape. So I would think that would be one guy that there would be the you – know, once again, it's not going to set off anybody running out and screaming championship in the streets or anything, but I think that's a guy that they could potentially look at signing. Mark Miller, it kind of scares me how much I enjoy the draft season. It is very close second to the actual games. Yeah, we love draft season. We love the off season. It's always a, a lot of fun and should be, again, for the Steelers this year. Uh, Jack asking, how much does Andrew Voorhees' injury push him back, in your opinion? Uh, that is Andrew Voorhees, the guard from USC, who tore his ACL, unfortunately, in one of those drills uh, during the combine yesterday. I think Ian Rappaport, somebody said it was a clean tear, so just the ACL. So if there's any good news to come out, there's no other ligament damage or anything like that. You know, it'll be a case-by-case case in terms of maybe doctors that could, you know, just after the combine, trying to get a medical on him. If he comes in for a top 30 visit, maybe there's something you can do there. But, it, you know, some, sometimes these guys that get hurt don't get impacted all that much. So I don't really know exactly how to frame that. And... You know, maybe you could be a reserve pup guy that comes back late in the year or something like that. How, how do you feel about that, Dave? Who was the uh, edge last year that ended up on Baltimore? Yeah, the Michigan uh, Ajabu. Yeah. Was it David Ajabu? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
And when when did he start? When, I think he was still a second he, round guy. He didn't really move too much. Right, right. Uh, I guess you know it's all what the doctors pretty much say. You know, if it's clean and they think that that you know he's going to come back a hundred percent, you know, or, or plan from that. I mean, it, it will probably. I mean, you're talking about edge rusher versus a guard, and guards kind of, I don't know, they both kind of get pushed down a little bit there when you're looking at guys the sizes of, of, of the Ravens, Michigan kid. Uh, I think he still gets drafted, right? I mean, yeah. you know, somebody's going to take a shot at, you know, assuming that, that, that once again, the medicals say that this guy's going to rebound from this. I would still think he's got a good shot at, you know, what, fourth, fifth round? Yeah, I viewed him before the injury as a late day two type of guy. I think now probably more of a day three, fourth round is probably where I'd put him um, because it's, it's a four-year contract full sign. So even if the rookie right. year's a wash, you know, you come back in next year and, and again, sometimes these injuries. It was, um, I think, a Wisconsin corner years ago that tore his ACL in a workout for the Lions and he still got drafted, didn't seem to impact his stock too much. And so um, with how quickly these guys are bouncing back, I mean, some guys bounce back in six months. They're, they're playing football again. I don't know if that's going to be the case for Voorhees, but he might be able to come back in November. So I don't think it's going to dramatically alter his stock. I think it will ding it a little bit. He sure did mess up your mock draft late. <laughs> yeah, that's what I get for liking a prospect. They always right. always do that to me. Uh, Micah does. So Alex, without giving away your article tomorrow, was there anything that jumped out to you while doing your research on upcoming free agents? Um... I'm trying to think. Yeah, trying to find some of the offensive linemen. Some good values are always tough to do just given the scarcity of the position. But I, I got a couple names for you guys to tackle interior offensive line. But trying to trying to find those offensive linemen. Now, Orlando Brown is going to be on the market or could be on the market. I don't think that's going to be in play for Pittsburgh, but that's going to be uh, an option for all 31 other teams we did not expect to be an option a couple of days ago. Next question comes from uh, a question here about, am I doing another walk the mock? I'm going to do something similar, maybe not exactly like that, but I'll do something, some sort of live mock uh, stream uh, before April's draft. This hominid says, question, do any colleges teach Pat Myers punch system? Maybe, I don't know for sure. Uh, speaking of Voorhees, when I watched his tape, I thought some of the, the aggressive um, pass sets they had was pretty similar to what Pittsburgh did and some of that um, on-body type sets. And so I thought that was one thing that I liked about Voorhees in terms of trying to make that projection. It might be less of an adjustment for him. So I know that I'm sure some O-line uh, coaches teach similar stuff. I think Aaron Cromer, um, I believe is in Buffalo, has a somewhat similar system. So it, it's it's a little bit unique, but it's not... Uh, the only type of system that uh, Pat Myers running. It's not exclusive to the Steelers. Uh, next question comes from Douglas. Uh, if there's one position or a specific player that would uh, that you would splurge on in free agency, what or who would it be for him? He's thinking Terrell Edmonds from the Bills. Dave, who is kind of your your splurge cheat day free agent uh, wish? Uh, well, look, uh, you look at where they where they have the most needs right now. Right. Uh, he, 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 heading into ahead of the draft and uh, you look at the offensive side of ball, you know, you could make 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 an argument for obviously a guard tackle, something like that. But I, I just don't foresee. I, I think if they did, quote unquote, splurge. Uh, like he asked there, I would think it'd be on defensive side of ball. And, uh, you know, I, I think it would probably be on inside linebacker uh, or, a, you know, if, I just, man, some of these, some of these guys that you would want 
to splurge on that would play uh, alongside Cameron Hayward. I mean, you're really talking about splurging there, I think, uh, versus what what's at what what's potentially going to be out there on the market. Because once again, uh, you're going to see you know a couple of these guys franchise tag. You're going to see the guy in Minnesota probably re-sign before free Tomlinson uh, before free agency because of them pushing back uh, uh, the void date on his deal there. So I I would I think he brought up uh, you know if you were going to it might be at an inside linebacker position there, but you know what, you know, why not maybe save a little bit of dollars along the way and maybe a David long, you know, along, sure. along those, along those lines there. Uh, I don't think they do that with either one of those two, but if he's saying if, if, if they would support, look, here's the thing about the cap, they, you know, we'll see how, uh, how many contracts are restructured here. What, what, uh, how many cuts they make there, you know, they can clear cap room. It's just how much cap room do they want to clear? You know, how, how far do they want to kick the can uh, in this situation here? I just, my general gut feeling by looking at things here, I just don't think it's going to be as, as active as a free agency signing period as it was a year ago, you know? That's fair. Uh, I'm with you there. I don't think it'll be quite as busy. There'll be a couple moves as this is the first full offseason for Khan and Weidel and trying to reshape and retool this roster and some of the guys that leave, especially defensively, will create some openings there. Um, but we will see. If I could wave my magic wand, Edmonds is going to be a popular name. I mean, I would love to get a Mike McGlinchey from San Francisco at right tackle and that's have him be my right tackle, but obviously that's not um, going to happen. Got a couple of super chats here, so appreciate that from Dead Planet. Two dollars says, "Is O line or corner more likely pick clean by 17?" So more corners or offensive linemen off the board by 17. It could I think be it could be both. Similar, <laughs> yeah. Just gonna say two: Broderick Jones, Parrish Johnson, gone by 17 at corner. Devon Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, gone by 17. Will that third corner drop in Joey Porter Jr.? Will that third offensive lineman drop in Peter Skaronski? That might be what. Pittsburgh Steelers fans are going to be watching for very closely on draft day, Skaronsky and Porter. Where do they land? Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's where I'm at in this thing. Uh, along with you there, you know, how far does a guy like Skaronsky, uh, drop and when does the third corner come off the board? Yeah. So again, it might be pretty similar and that may be the story of day one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. As David O says, if you guys could hit the like button for the stream, we'd really appreciate that. Um, bring more people into the chat and just be that show of support. Also, a $5 super chat from Austin who says, Is it possible this summer that the Steelers and Highsmith get an extension done? I don't see how Highsmith would take less than $20 million annually. Dave, I think we're kind of both on record believing and sort of expecting that to get done, but obviously there's going to be some hurdles. This deal probably won't be in some respects as easy to get done as a TJ Watt or Minka Fitzpatrick because those guys were clear-cut they're going to be the top paid guy at their position. Highsmith won't. And so where exactly does he slot is going to be the, uh, the, the bait and conversation. Yeah. I think 20 million's rich, uh, real, real rich when it comes to Highsmith there. But, uh, and I wrote an article about this several weeks ago, kind of, you know, loosely trying to play the, what's the, uh, what's the Highsmith market value based on, you know, some of the highest paid, uh, uh, you know, current, current, uh, edge rushers out there and you know, I think you could be right around the 15 million dollar range 
uh, would, would be kind of more of a, a fair representation. Uh, look, Bud Dupree's going to be coming off that list any day now, right? And his average yearly value is 16.5. Uh, who else could be coming off that list? Uh, Frank Clark's going to be coming right. off that list. It sounds like, and he's at 14, five. What if you split the difference between those two, you get 15, right? <laughs> uh, and then you, uh, Highsmith probably by the time the season starts ends up in the top. I guess I would put him right around in the top 20 there, uh, of, uh, of highest paid edge rushers. So I think anywhere between, 14 to uh, high side, high side 16, five just kind of feels like the right area for Highsmith. I expect him to get something done mm-hmm. as uh, assuming Highsmith's, you know, wants aren't, aren't over the top there, but that's kind of what I have in my head right now when it comes to average yearly value with him. Yeah, we'll see on the money, but I think as Dave just mentioned, we're both pretty optimistic a deal will get done, and it could be done earlier. You know, Minka got done last June, Deontay got done later, but still during training camp. So Kevin Colbert used to take that thing to the you know eleventh hour. Um, Omar Khan seemed to have a bit more urgency to get these deals done and taken care of, so these guys weren't sitting out the entire summer uh, as T.J. Watt did uh, before the what twenty twenty one season. Got a question here from. Uh, let's see. B. Eric McDay, Georgia outside linebacker. Can he do a Timmons transition to inside off ball? That's uh, what Nolan Smith there from from Georgia. If he's gonna play in Pittsburgh, I like him off ball than on the edge. I think he's too small to be on the edge. And so, if you want to have that conversation about him to, to to the Steelers, that that's where I think he has to go. Yeah, I I agree as well too. Boy, he's an athletic guy, isn't he? Oh yeah. Uh, uh and I I guess it would kind of harken back to the old you know, Timmons conversation from years ago, the guy just too much of an athlete to, to, to kind of disregard coming out there. And, you know, I think the initial, I think you go way back in my memory banks here. I think the original conversation was after they drafted him was, you know, drafted him uh, to be an outside linebacker. But uh, as they went on, you know, obviously made the transition inside nearly right. I mean, right away. Right. Yeah, it was pretty quickly, and he kind of moved around a bit throughout his career. Obviously, you know, Nick LeBeau's defense, especially those early years, he could, you know, wear a lot of hats. But yeah, Mike Tomlin's first ever pick, I just don't see Smith being the guy at 17, but he'll probably be on that short list for the pedigree in Pittsburgh, likely at that Georgia Pro Day, and so those things will make him some some logical fits. You Joe's- just, you you know, with guys, you know, when you talk about tackles moving to guards and and corners moving to safeties or, you know, or, or in this instance, an edge moving, you know, playing totally off the ball, you better have a clear, clear plan, right. especially for someone high in the draft. And uh, it just, you know, there's, there's not a lot of history to go on with the Steelers really doing that, right? Yeah, you don't see that too often. Uh, and with the ones you have seen, it's kind of been poor results. Ziggy Hood, kind of miscast. Artie Burns, same position, but kind of projection. Kevin Colbert admitted this guy's pretty raw, has to kind of learn our more zone-based system. Neither of those things worked out as Pittsburgh had planned when they turned the card in. 101 people here in the chat. Appreciate the support. Dave and I here for another half hour. We'll try to answer as many questions as possible, including this one from Joseph, who says... When do the Steelers have to create cap space for signings in free agency? So, Dave, uh, give us the rundown on the NFL calendar. Yeah, March 15th. 
uh, nine days from now. They have to be cap compliant. Now there was a little uh, no new no news news, if you will, from uh, Field Yates today, just kind of verifying what the what the Steelers' adjusted cap number will be and what an adjusted cap number is. It's what the salary cap number is league wide, uh, which this year is uh, two hundred twenty four point eight million plus any rollover money from uh, unused cap space in 2022. And we already knew what that number was. The only thing that there was just a little tiny bit of a question about, at least in my head was, you know, was there anything out there maybe that I was missing uh, or maybe there was there some sort of normally when the Steelers cases, if, if I miss it is some sort of grievance or something like that. Uh, but league wide, mostly these things wind up being like not likely to be earned incentives last year that were earned or some sort of, you know, roster bonus, you know, just something uh, in, in the contract that that didn't count against the cap uh, that got earned or some credit somewhere or something like that. Uh, I was fairly confident that they wouldn't see anything uh, credit or debit like that. Or if they were to get a credit or debit, it would be very minuscule. Well, as it winds up, uh, as it wound up being, there was uh, none, <laughs> no credit or no debit. So they sit exactly where I, where I have them uh, at, at, you know, at sitting there. And if you want to get, you know, specific about this right now, if you want to go in, go ahead and, and, and account for, because in a matter of a few days here, the NFL uh, is going to put in the uh, NFLPA offseason workout bonus placeholder for all 32 teams, and that amount is 849600 So if you want to go ahead and start counting that uh, into the uh, you know in, 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 into the calculations right now for where this team sits here today they are technically nine hundred and eight thousand one hundred and eighty two over the cap right now and obviously you can't be over the cap on March the 15th so there's going to be things happen over the course of the next nine days fully expect William Jackson the third mm-hmm. to be cut. Uh, once again, we'll see what their timetable. They're, they're probably going to, at some point during this offseason, have to restructure the contracts of both T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick to free up cap space. Will they do it now? Will they do it closer to the start of uh, the regular season? We'll have to see. And then also, you know, who else? Are, who who else might they terminate the contracts of? You know, uh, is there going to be uh, any extensions? Uh, and here's something else. You know, and I put in this article today. We haven't seen what the restricted tenders are yet. You know, we think that of the four uh, qualified unrestricted free agents that this team has, we think that, uh, you know, three of them are going to be tendered at at at, at uh, uh, right of first refusal level mm-hmm. there. So we still got to find out, you know, exactly who's going to get tendered here. But uh, uh, the calendar is going to move faster over the course of the next nine days when they have to be cap compliant. We should start getting some news with, with some of the cuts, with some of the tenders, and and those kind of things here fairly, fairly soon. And of course, will there be any re-signings? Cam Sutton, will that get, deal get done before, really, you'd like to do it before March 13th, before that tampering period opens up. Um, Zach Gentry, Robert Spillane, Terrell Edmonds, Demonte Casey, Benny Snell, Miles Boykin, the tenders, o- as you mentioned. Ogan Joby. Ogan Joby. Ogan Joby, yeah. Yeah, so a lot to watch in the news cycle. Should really pick up a lot in the coming days. Pittsburgh always waits until the last second on a lot of right. these things, and so that's why they uh, have been pretty slow moving. J.J. Walker says, if you had if you had to choose between Christian, uh, Christian Gonzalez, 
or Joey Porter Jr. asking us who would we choose. I go Gonzalez, my number one corner. Uh, just better ball skills overall. Um, I like Porter, but I just think you know Gonzalez is a bit more athletic and finds the ball better in the air. Yeah, I think if you were to rank him, uh, Gonzalez would be ahead of, of Porter on my board uh, for sure. But uh, look, they, they very well could be faced with that decision on, you know, if, if Porter's winds up being the third corner, if, if Witherspoon and Gonzalez indeed go off the board first, like many at this point right now think that's going to happen, uh, the the big question becomes, does you know, how far does Joey Porter fall down? Right. Does he get the 17? Possible, but hard to say right now and probably will still be hard to say on draft day. AJ C says, would you pick Brian Branch over any top cornerbacks like Gonzalez, Porter, and Witherspoon at 17? I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't want to say concretely. I would not take Branch over, over Gonzalez. Witherspoon, Porter, maybe a bit more of a conversation, but I'm probably going the corner over Brian Branch. Is he going to end up being the guy that everybody was really, really hyped on that kind of kind of sinks into, I don't know, middle of the second round or something? I mean, or is, or is, or is he going to come off the board slam dunk in the first, you know, 31 picks? Just given the lack of maybe some of these safety capable type guys may push Branch up, but there'll be some questions about where exactly to play him. He's a buck 90, not an outside corner, not a, really of the body type of a strong safety, not a super athlete. So, you know, I could see him maybe slip into the 20s. I don't want to, you know, put myself in a corner too much of where he will or won't go. So I'm kind of with you, but I do think he'll be a first round guy. Okay. Uh, let's see. Jay Gillum says Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Or Addison, if you had your pick, I'm going to go Smith and Jigba. I think he's a, <laughs> a better route runner, um, a little bit quicker. I know that Addison has some good burst and explosiveness, but so does in, uh, in Jigba. I saw those you know, short shuttle agility times, catches the ball cleaner, and I just like him better out of the slot than I do Jordan Addison. Man, go back to a couple years ago, man, his he was just incredible, right? Right, and, just got uh, hurt this past year. Yeah, just the, you know, the injury uh, this past season, uh, I, you know, I was thinking to myself, man, that guy's going to be, you know, slam dunk, you know, a couple years ago, I was thinking, man, that guy's going to be slam dunk first round guy. So uh, I, I would go in Jigba as well, too. Two questions quickly from Mike Adesso, or really more of a comment. Didn't George Pickens have some character concerns? I really wouldn't call it character. There were a couple incidents. He got ejected from one game. He had that water, water bottle uh, squirted on a player mid-game. But I'm talking about like arrests and yeah. legal-type stuff that Pittsburgh has really stayed clear from for, for quite some time. So I really wouldn't call that with Pickens. I think Mike Tomlin defended Pickens pretty uh, often when, when those things came up this year. Uh, also says... Uncle Dave, do you have an idea yet of who you want your first draft contextualization to be? Love those. Nah, it you know when you do those, you 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 know usually I've done them in the past. I think over edge rushers or corners or wide receivers uh, in general. Uh, I don't know. Uh, trying to get a better feel of maybe. You know who finally hitting one that ends up uh, um, be being something that we can look back on. You know, and say, oh, okay, that. So mm -hmm. I haven't, I haven't decided yet. You know, who knows? You know, maybe I'll look. Being inside, and the thing is, too, you don't want to have to try to track down. 200 plays on yeah. one guy as well too so uh being as how joey porter jr didn't get targeted <laughs> you'll start there i like it uh, all that much maybe i'll go look for all the joey porter jr targets or something like that 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, that'll be fun and efficient. So that's right up our alley for sure. Uh, how high are we on uh, Darnell Wright in comparison to other top tackles in the draft? A little bit lower. I thought he had a good combine workout. Carries that 333 well, not quite like Evan Neal did last year, but, you know, a good body type. I just worry about some of these big guys being able to consistently seal the edge against speed rushers, against blitzes, change your direction, redirecting. That's him. That's day one Jones. Do they have quite the feet? I think Wright has good feet, but just a little bit, you know, tall, a little bit stiff. You know, not not a tremendous athlete. There is some concern there um, with me, but, you know, a, a guy that will be in consideration if he's there at 32. Uh, another guy that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're probably going to like, though, right? It's just a matter of where where do they like him? Yeah, and where do they want to play him? Is he a tackle? Is he a guard? Right. There was that uh, speculation, speculport, I'll call it, from Jeremy Fowler a couple weeks ago that they saw right more of a guard. He has played guard before. He played right tackle this past year. So those kind of a couple of questions about Darnell Wright's fit and overall profile. Question here from Jarrell Harris. Alex, do you like Julius Brents, the corner from Kansas State? I do. I, he caught my eye at the Senior Bowl. Um, hard, you know, to to miss him. He's so big and long, 6'3", with 34-inch arms, and had some great agility times, and thought he, you know, in some of those 1v1 drills, he's got the length to close space and make plays in the football. Doesn't have that elite long speed, but that size will help press and reroute and, you know, again, be able to compete uh, at the catch point. He's going to be like a top, 45 top 40 type pick probably goes to the Colts because Ballard loves those big long corners or goes to Seattle or something like that. So probably won't. Oh, well, I mean, 32, you know, would you consider Julius Prince at 32? I, I would at least give that, you know, pretty good con- uh, consideration. I think you have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, last time Pittsburgh got to draft a profile like that, it's been, I don't know, been a long time. So interesting guy. It's that planetary stuff of how many guys mm-hmm. of that size can move like that. Not too many. Question here from Apollos about Nolan Smith. Kind of answered that a bit earlier. Um, you know, that that projection off ball, I, I'd like him in Pittsburgh as, a, as an off ball guy, not an edge guy. So kind of some some layers to talk about there. Liam Ball says go Steelers. And Brian Jonker had a question earlier. I think I might have missed it. Let me scroll back up. Did I miss Brian's question from earlier? I want to look real quick and see Nolan Smith where all he lined up. Okay. Uh, last season here, uh, let's see the Leo 29 snaps left outside linebacker 31, uh, right in seven, uh, Rio 39, right outside linebacker 43, uh, left linebacker and and the, the, the numbers didn't kind of. Oh, no, I'm looking at 2020. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, those numbers are really yeah. small for a guy yeah. that played a lot gotta of football. i got to switch it. I had been looking at some 2020 numbers here. Uh, let's see here with him. Let's remove special teams and offense here. Leo, let's see. Leo, 35, left outside linebacker, 67, right in one. Rio, 17, right outside linebacker, 53. <coughs> When did he shut it down? I feel like he's played more snaps. What was the most number of snaps he played at any one position? This on that is list? a regular season. Did he, I'm trying to remember, was he one that got injured or something? He did have an injury, but I thought he played more football. He got hurt, I didn't want to say like midway through the year. I'm sure the week chat. 10, week 10, it, week 10, it shut, from week 10 on, not showing anything for him on snaps here for, for yeah. the regular season. He had an injury, but I feel like he's got to have more snaps than those numbers. It's showing 188. Uh, 
188 snaps for him. That doesn't sound right. Oh, we'll have to go back and check. And maybe I'm wrong. I didn't, you know, I'm not a, a Bulldog fan, but that, that, that feels light. Nolan Smith, right? Yeah, from Georgia. Yep. Yeah, that's right. where I'm at here. We'll check it out. Uh, Brian Jonker, do you think Miles Murphy will drop to 17? As of right now, no, but we haven't talked about him too much. haven't talked about Tyree Wilson too much from Texas Tech, guys that we project to be top 15 picks. So who knows? Usually somebody falls on draft day. It's always hard to throw that dart and guess who that's going to be, but uh, as of right now, I don't. Uh, let's see. Mark Miller says, seems the Steelers were interested. He he tore he tore that. That's right. He tore the pec muscle right. uh, in uh, around the start of November there. It only played 181 right. snaps until that point. It says he played 283 snaps. Okay. The de- defensive snaps uh, up until that point. All right. I, um. Yeah. It just it's not, not a lot of snaps to to go off of to make your first round pick there. Wait a minute. No. I it, for some reason it put in back the special teams in the offense. 188 snaps for defense. And that was like across two months. He played September October. 180 snaps. That's uh, through week uh, through week nine. That just seems I don't know. It seems off, but maybe, I'm, I mean, I guess those are the numbers. But not a lot of snaps then for for Nolan Smith. All right. Mark Miller seems like the Steelers were interested in Clee Farrell out of Clemson. The Raiders overdrafted him. Do you think the Steelers would re- revisit him as a free agent? That's a good name to throw out there. Hadn't didn't realize he was even a free agent. Um, I guess that makes sense on the timeline. I mean, he was that big body guy from Clemson that could stop the run, really high character. The Raiders kind of touted him as their guy because of his character and team cap, and everybody raved about kind of that he was the the glue guy there. So he's got a bit of that Leal build where he's a little bit bigger. But, yeah, I, I like Lee Farrell a lot coming out, so that's a name to, to talk about. Yeah, I think probably somewhere on one of these mocks on the on the site somewhere, I probably mocked him to him. Sure. Uh, I know we had a lot of discussions about him that year. You know, and and particularly about you know him being kind of a little bit heavier, uh, bigger edge than what they normally draft. Right. Um, maybe he would drop a little bit of weight again. Kind of Leal. He's probably a little more natural on the edge than than what Leal was, but he could be a little redundant. But you know, I think that's a name to to mention given the Steelers connection and the uh, pedigree. C. Bizzle says, what prompted Dave to identify adjusted net net yards per, per passing attempt as such an important metric for team success? What made you kind of gravitate towards that number, Dave? Oh, first and foremost, it's not, you know, it's not my stat. It's it obviously, I, I think uh, Chase, what's his name? Chase Stewart uh, from uh, Pro Football Reference or Pro Football, one of, one of those and all like that. Uh, there was just, there, you know, there's been a lot just reading articles over the years related to that uh, stat and all has just really uh, made an impact on me and got me started, you know, trying to track it and all like that. And, you know, looking at kind of the history of it, especially when it comes to offensive and, you know, uh, what looking at, at, at the differential overall and where, you know, how low the defensive side needed to be. And it just kind of track, you know, things that you do during the season. And I've always kind of liked to gravitate towards some of these metrics and all like that. And that was just one of them that I gravitated toward. And it's, it's really kind of stood the test of time, right? Oh yeah. I think the predictive power that it's had has been really solid in kind of talking about, you know, who the best teams are and kind of find that out by midway through the year. And it tracks pretty well, you know, throughout the, the playoffs in the Super Bowl. 
Now that's the thing about it, though, is you got to wait on it. Yeah. You know, uh, you got to wait the seven, you know, through through seven or eight games. Got to be a season. sample size, no. Right, no because because they can because they can be you know quickly inflated one way or the other uh, in 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 one game early on in the season. But uh, I you know I coming out of shooting week one, you know, I'll, I'll look at what what each side did and those kind of things. It just kind of, especially when it comes to the Steelers, but I don't really start looking at it, you know, league wide and, and kind of the predictive powers of it until you get about seven or eight games for each team in the books there. About 13 minutes left. So be sure to get your questions in Dave. And I will try to tear through as many as we can, starting with dead planet who says, Alex is Voorhees worth a later round gamble. I think so. In the fourth round, I was a big fan of his tape, the system and scheme fit. The, the tricky part for Pittsburgh is not having that fifth or sixth round pick. So if Voorhees does slip a bit because of the, the injury, then you wonder, you know, will Pittsburgh take him in the fourth round? If they don't take him in the fourth round, they probably won't get him at all. And so that that's kind of the trickiness of having that dead space between round four and round seven. You identified him too, right out of shoot, uh, didn't you, Alex? And, you know, mm-hmm. you, something something along the lines, I think ahead of the Senior Bowl, your article was something, Voorhees, the Steelers better, better have. have interest in Andrew Voorhees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing the things that kind of stick in your head. Because, you know, over time, all these articles, over all these years, and heck, we pump out anywhere between 20 and 40 articles during the day. Obviously, some of them news-related, some of them – you know, aggregated content and all like that, but uh, certain certain ones of them certainly do stick in my head, and I I, I, I don't forget that one. Yeah, just unfortunate with the injury, but again, guys are coming back uh, sooner than ever from ACL, and if it is a, a truly a tour a clean uh, torn ACL, that's a best case scenario of a, of a bad situation. And listen, the toughness to have that ACL tear, the the mental and obviously physical toll, and then the next day have 38 reps on the bench is just really incredible. And that's kind of a, a good note to go out on. I guess it's the final thing he'll do uh, before he gets himself healthy. Five and no. here's you know, the, yeah. uh, another attractive thing about him too is he's he he was a true left guard too. And how many when you when you look once again we talked about uh, on the podcast today and me on Twitter and even earlier in 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 this Q and A here, uh, where is the talk about the true guards in this class? And then once you do start talking about those true guards, how many of them were left guards? You know, Avila, right? Avila, right? because Torrance was a right guard, right? Right. Uh, and even uh, the John Gaines out of U- UCLA that, that 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 I've been you know talking about the last 24 hours, he was mostly a right guard at UCLA. He did play a little bit of left guard. Was it 2021 or 2020? I forget which one uh, there. But I mean, how many true left guards are there at you know likely to be drafted in the first let's say four rounds of this year's draft? Uh, overall, you're going to start seeing more of that uh, 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 city so uh, mm-hmm. out of Eastern Michigan as well too, because I think he was, I think he was pri- primarily a left guard as well too. And the thing about Voorhees is you had all that tape on him, right? You know. Yeah. Now he played a bit of tackle too, so he kind of did right. both. But this past year he was left guard. Right, and you know you got a lot of tape on him as a left guard, yeah. and that made him attractive because obviously if you were to pick one guard spot where the Steelers need the most help right now, it's the left guard spot, right? Yeah, and you don't you prefer not to move James Daniels from left or from right guard to left guard. You could, but you prefer not to. But this guy on screen right now, John Michael Schmitz, you kick him over to left guard. I think he could do it. Okay. $5 super chat from Josh Miller, not directly related to the Steelers, but where do you see this Lamar saga with Baltimore headed? That's a great question. I I, I don't know. 
are they really going to let this guy go? I mean, we'll see. Is we're going to get our, our answer on the tag here by is the tag tomorrow? The deadline for the tag is tomorrow, isn't it? Right. So we're going to find they're going to tag him. Now the question will be: Will it be exclusive or non-exclusive? If it's if it's non-exclusive, then other teams can make offers. And if they do, if if, if it's non-exclusive, he probably will get an offer from somebody, and you know the race is off from there. And then they'll be able to maintain. We wanted to sign him all the way. You know, they'll, they'll, you know, but I, I don't know the way it's going to turn out. He still represented himself too, right? At last report. Right. I think they're going to do the non-exclusive tag and say, all right, Lamar, let's see how much you're worth. Let's see what teams offer. And if you're really worth the five years fully guaranteed, the way Watson got it, then another team will offer that. And if not, then we're going to match some whatever, whatever kind of conventional quote unquote offer it is. And if no team offers, then we'll try to negotiate, but you'll probably play on the tag this year. That, that's my expectation. Right, and uh, obviously the poison pill thing's gone away, but some teams can make it interesting when it comes to a match. Some teams that have some serious cap space out there could make things very interesting. Uh, well, I mean, with the full guarantees alone, too, and you would think that, that Lamar Lamar would not sign an offer sheet unless it is, you know, True. matches some of the demands that he has out there with the Ravens, right? You know, and he, if it's he's he just not going to sign any offer right. sheet that comes along. Yeah, right. There's no obligation for the player to sign an offer sheet if he doesn't want to, correct? Right, right. And if it is fully guaranteed, the owner has to put that money in escrow right away, correct? That's a that's kind of right. the, one of the wrinkles that happened with, with Watson. So a lot right. a lot going on. It's kind of a mess in Baltimore with their strength coach getting fired and Bateman calling out their GM. It is rocky seas in Baltimore right now. Uh-huh. All right. I, I don't I don't know what way I, I don't know what what way it's going to turn out. Yo, know, my I guess my gut tells me that some way somehow he'll remain in Baltimore. I think he'll stay too, but I'm just, I think it'll be non-exclusive franchise tag by tomorrow. And then where it goes from there, we'll all have to, to wait and see. Adam Stasco says, I know I asked earlier, but can you explain why Campbell over Simpson? I assume that's referring to my mock draft, putting Jack Campbell at 32. You could put Simpson there. He's the, the better athlete, uh, kind of a longer guy, but I think Campbell's more refined to play off ball linebacker. There's a question about Simpson, where exactly does he fit best? And is he kind of more athlete than true inside linebacker right now? So could go either way, but I just think Campbell at his frame, his size, 249, don't see those guys too often, need to stop the run, got to play downhill in the AFC North, makes Campbell a, a pretty unique and attractive guy. Okay. Uh, let's see, Brian says, at our Darnell Wright, Broderick Jones, and Matthew Bergeron, who do you like best, and will they be there at 32? Jones will not be there at 32. Wright and Bergeron. Bergeron probably will be right, uh, probably, but it's a little more questionable there, so I like Jones the most. And then from there, I haven't studied Bergeron too much, so I'm at the Senior Bowl. I would go Jones, right, Bergeron. Um, but I can tell you with, with clear confidence, Broderick Jones may not be there, probably won't be there at 17, definitely will not be there at 32. Right, right, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm with you there. He, Some team, Broderick Jones is going to be gone, I think, by the time the Steelers pick at 17. Uh, the uh, And... Darnell Wright, man, if you need if you need a guy on the end of that line of scrimmage, man. Uh, and look, you could do obviously more than that with him as well, too. But uh, there's a decent chance that he could go, I guess, at the end of round round uh, one, right? With Wright, yeah, I think he could be, yeah. you know, late first round. I, I think I don't, I don't, Ber- I don't. Bergeron. Bergeron, I think he's another one of those ones that are kind of wondering, might he have to kick inside, right? Yeah, I don't know what his length was. I don't think I think he's got a profile enough to be a tackle, but there may be there may be a split between if he's a tackle or a guard. Um, 
he has the feet and I think the athleticism to play tackle, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, he, he, he's taller. He's got longer arms too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we got, I know he, I know the NFL.com site listed him at six, five, even. So he's either right at six, five, even, or uh, in other words, they round. Right. So he's six, there. four and five eighths to what? Six, five and four eighths or right. three eighths so, or whatever it is. Uh, weighed in at 318, his arms, we know that, 33 and three quarters. A little bit, you know, doesn't have the, the you know, a, a tad smaller hands, I'd guess, at nine and a half. It's not criminal or anything like yeah, that. It's but, fine to play tackle. Right, but it should be fine enough there. And uh, what is it? What is his, uh, let's see, he jumped, uh, what, 30 and a half and did an eight, eight, eight foot, seven inch broad jump, it looks like there. So he, I, I have a feeling he's a guy that, that drifts on into the second round. Jay Gillum, Alex, are you done with Devin Bush entirely? Should the Steelers cut him or keep him as a backup? He's a pending free agent, and so by, what, Wednesday, March 15th, he'll officially become a free agent. They will not re-sign him. I'm done with Bush, and I think Bush is done with Pittsburgh. I believe that as well, too. If for some reason they did re-sign him, it would be for damn near nothing. Jacob Wade with the key to my heart. Who is the best punter coming out of college? Uh, where would he get oh, drafted? Lord. That is, uh, which uh, Turk? Is it Michael Turk? Mike, Michael Turk out yeah, of Oklahoma, the, uh, right? The son of the NFL punter, I think. So that seems to be the top leg this year. Um, it probably be, I mean, it depends where that, you know, punters can go different ranges, but probably a fifth, sixth round type of guy. Uh, I don't know who of these guys are underclassmen here, but I'll tell you the guys that were at the senior in the Shrine Bowl. Uh, the two senior bowl punters were Brian Berenger out of Michigan State and Adam Corsick out of Rutgers. Uh, the two Shrine Bowl, uh, let's see, I don't have the other Shrine. Uh, one of the Shrine, I don't know, uh, the one of the two Shrine Bowl punters was not invited to the combine i don't think and the other one was michael turk out of oklahoma okay gotcha so uh, and the, the, the nfl the nfl pa punter that i have listed here is brad robbins out of michigan okay gotcha gotcha 20 dollars super chat from x do little x says first time i ever made one of these live no question just love you guys thank you so much for that very generous right, 20 dollars super chat and so glad you could be here for this live stream which we do every other monday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. Got time for just a couple more questions left. We'll try to go through them as quickly as possible. Hey, props to that Michael Turk for running the 40. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. It was uh, long snappers too. Alex Ward uh, running right. and jumping, all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see. Pittsburgh, Toddy, 86. Does drafting a receiver in the first three rounds make any sense to you guys? Dave, does that make sense, a receiver in the first three rounds? I guess it, you know, you'd have to tell me specifically who the name is. I mean, theoretically, probably, you know, not unless you got a, you know, a, 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 a bigger slot that you just could not live without, you know, uh, theoretically, I guess you could say it, 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 it doesn't make as much sense, you know, especially if the team is confident in, in, in Calvin Austin going into his second year. I think the only question when, when where it comes to receiver and the Steelers drafting one is can they get one that they absolutely can't live without that would, that would function more as a, a bigger slot than uh, Calvin Austin, the third, because I mean, you've got your ex and Deontay Johnson, you've got your, uh, 
you know, Z, so to speak, in, in George Pickens. And George Pickens can obviously, you would expect to see him be able to move around a lot more in this offense. And Deontay Johnson has the ability to kind of move around in this offense. So uh, it would have to be a guy that that's more big slot relegated or a guy that you knew you could move around all three spots yeah. with, without, without question. You know, got to have versatility for sure. Bruce Myers, I didn't know, or excuse me, says uh, I, he's okay. This is not uh, perfectly written out, but I know he didn't do much of the combine. But what are your opinions of Joe Tipman? What round does he go? That's the Wisconsin center, really tall guy, like legit six six, unusual size here. He didn't run. He did the drills. I need to watch more of him. I haven't watched him. Yeah, and he's an underclassman too, if memory serves me. Okay, yeah, he's got a pretty. A lot of height to play on, along the interior, but that Wisconsin Badger type, typically something pretty attractive that you want to go back and, and watch more of. Yeah, he didn't do anything either, did he? No. On-field uh, drills he, did not test, correct. Yeah. Uh, six foot six, 313 pounds, uh, 32 and three quarter inch arms. Big old hands on him, 10 and three uh, quarter inch hands, but I, I haven't watched him yet. Yeah, that's a big center for sure. A couple more questions here. Ken Brown, Alex, what do you think about this idea? The Steelers should pick the best available quarterbacks uh, with their first two picks, then trade them for experienced offensive linemen. That may sound uh, okay in theory, Ken, but all those quarterbacks will be gone by 17 and just not the way this thing operates. If you want quarterback, you better be picking top five, top seven. Pittsburgh won't be there, so no one's uh, trading for you know Max Duggan. <laughs> I tell you, as an outsider, it's going to be fun to watch the Anthony Richardson uh, talk progress the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, there's people saying slam dunk. He's going to be, you know, uh, top 15 pick. And there's others, you know, even even ne- uh, Nagy from the senior bowl uh, seemed to. Now, he's going to protect his senior bowl guys, right? You know, uh, but uh, I, 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 I think he kind of hinted to the fact that uh, maybe people are jumping the gun on, on Anthony Richardson just because of his combine effort. Yeah, but they're all going to go early. They're all going to be gone before 17. I don't know the exact order. I don't know who's going where, but they're all going to be gone before 17. $5 Super Chat from Carmichael, the sports guru, who says, just showing appreciation. Thank you so much, Carmichael. Very nice and generous of you to do. Thank you, everybody who's here tonight, too, yeah. taking time out. What else do we have here real quick? Victory Asher, hey, Alex, what position would you pick for 17? Only one choice, please. The biggest need is D-line. Will there be a guy to fill that need at 17 is a different answer, but the biggest need, as, as this team sits today, to me, is defensive line. Yeah, it, it is, and we'll see. Well, I was thinking last night, man, they got to they got to try their best mate, to, to maybe get Ogan Joby back on a good deal, don't they? Or some other free agent. I think you have to go. You got to add defense alignment in free agency. You can't bank on the draft it, it working out in your favor, even with three right. top fifty picks. So whether it's Ogan Joby, you go sign somebody else, a Puna Ford, whatever name you want to throw out there. They gotta they gotta address the the defensive line before the draft. Do you remember why Cam Hayward dropped like he dropped? Do you uh, remember? Well, he had an elbow injury. He didn't work out at all pre-draft he didn't work out at the pro day he didn't work out at the you know senior boy couldn't uh couldn't participate in the combine and then maybe just being you know kind of a not hyper athlete type guy that didn't look like his production wasn't crazy at, at ohio state so injury plus maybe not a super athlete okay that's my yeah. recollection of it at least he had the injury uh, i know he, he was hurt need to start making more of these six foot five three hundred and <laughs> 
<laughs> can we clone? 298, 302 two pound and to it slipped because of some sort of uh injury too into the hernia. second round he had a hernia right right yeah so yeah those guys just just don't see too many of them anymore john pell do you think uh deontay banks the corner from maryland sneaks into the first round he could could be one of those sneaky mm-hmm. guys that has some size length that runs four three five that's a good recipe to to be that first round uh consideration yeah look and obviously the mike tomlin link back to maryland and Yada yada, and he he definitely he definitely fits the the the, the tape, the measurables. Uh, there's not a lot not to like about him, that's for sure. Yeah, and I know Maryland. Everyone talks about obviously Dino, who was there. He's now at Boston College, but Tomlin and Mike Loxley are very close. Tomlin's right. on the board of that minority coach. Um, what do you, what do you want to call it? Just that that service or committee that they have there that Loxley helped create, and uh, Tomlin's on that board, and so there's a good relationship there that you know will lend itself to insight on those Maryland guys. Any other questions left? Let's see. Sebastian says, not a question, but says, I pray the Steelers draft corner, DB, or D-line if Brzee's available in the first round. Also, Campbell or Sanders at 32 or 49. Drew Sanders, a name we should probably talk about a little bit more, as even an option at 17, but 32, if he's here, Drew Sanders is a is a really rock-solid prospect. That's Tom Mead's boy, ain't it? it, it yeah. It, wasn't that one of the first uh, profiles we had right out of the shoot, right? I think so. Yeah, Sanders is a you know, edge rusher, off-ball linebacker. He'll be more of an off-ball guy at the NFL, but he can play on the edge. Great tackler, good technique, good athlete. You know, fluid. I mean, that is a guy that we have not talked about much that we should talk about a little bit. Well, uh, when's the Arkansas pro day? Because he didn't do anything at the combine, right? Just the on-field workouts. He didn't run right. or do anything like that. I don't know when the Arkansas pro day is. Uh, later. I mean, oh. they're almost all in March, so sometime in March, I'm guessing. Right. Let's see if I got uh, the Arkansas Pro Day up here. Go ahead and get to the next question there if you got any. Uh, didn't Cole play every snap? Yeah, he missed the second half of the second Bengals game, and he gutted out some injuries throughout the year. But aside from that second half of the Bengals game where Hassenauer took over, um, Cole played almost every snap, and the entire you know starting five was basically together for the entire year. I mean, Moore, Dotson, Daniels, I think, played every single snap. A core four missed one, and Cole missed, I don't know, 50 or so. All right, I'm showing Wednesday, March 29th is the Arkansas Pro Day, and a lot of teams have their Pro Day. LSU has their Pro Day that day, according to this. Uh, Pitt has their Pro Day on that day. Uh, Ole Miss, I think, has their Pro Day. Maryland has their Pro Day Mm. that day as well, too. So uh, they would have to kind of go out. I mean, look, you would think if he's going to play, be if we're talking about Sanders being in play, they would send somebody of importance of Con or, or Mike Tomlin out to the Arkansas Pro Day if they, they really were intent on him being at 17. Sure. We know the history there, so we'll see. I think that I have a terrible take already planned for, for Wednesday. The Pro Day schedule sucks. Why is it so soon after the Combine when there's free agency? The, the last Pro Day is April 5th. There's such a, a dead space between the 5th and And it's and, only and April. one team, well, and, and at least, I mean— I mean, there might be more teams than this, but the one that gets noted, at least the one that I have, is Montana State. You know, yeah. Uh, they back, take a week pause after. Plus, these guys just finish up the combine. Now they got to work out like a week after their 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 combine experience. It just it seems like a total wreck. They're too bunched together. This thing should be running until two weeks before the draft. I'm like legitimately mad about the pro day schedule. Well, that, you know, that's been the case for a while now, Alex. I know. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting older in my age and I'm getting <laughs> mad at, I'm finding more things to get mad at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. I uh, got two more comments here from 
A. Slon Tooney, I'm probably butchering that, but says it's 2 a.m. here in Germany, and I'm still awake to watch your live stream. Right. Appreciate your work. Thank you so much. And uh, so glad that uh, there's so many Steeler fans all over the U- or over the USA, but of course over the world as well, uh, including in Germany. And then a $20 super chat, big super chat to end things from Ron Burgundy, 79, who says, Hey, Dave and Alex, you might have discussed Javon Dexter already, but I'm wondering where he could expect uh, where we could expect to see him go. Seems like he fits the Steelers D-line prototype. Is he mm-hmm. a day two guy or early day three guy? Uh, he's a day two guy. In my mock draft, he was in there at 49. Um, I think, you know, that's 49 is probably a good spot for him. So he'll be a day two guy. And uh, I think definitely he... fits a measurables uh, aspect. And, you know, by, uh, overall, I think had better production than uh, Brzee, didn't he? Pound for pound or. Yeah, well, Brzee was, you know, hurt and obviously didn't right. play as much. Um, yeah, Dexter, but like Brzee, Toolsy. Probably a bit raw, lacks great length, plays a little high, a little tall, but you know is a is a good athletic guy for for defense lineman. Yeah, look, there's just across the board, there's just not too many people that, you know, and this has been the problem for the Steelers the last several years. It's just, and that caused them to trade up for louder milk. You know, there's just right. not many guys that fit that kind of traditional measurable size that they look for in those guys. And Loudermilk, from a build standpoint, is kind of similar to Brzee and Dexter. Loudermilk was not super long. He's sub-33 in charms. He was tall, a little awkward, not as good of an athlete, not even close to what Brzee right. and, and Dexter can be, but just from a body type, they were kind of similar. Now, he had dropped some weight, and he ended, you know, ended, up, uh, ad, ended up excuse me, adding that weight back once Pittsburgh took him. But, um, yeah, so it just it's really hard to find those guys. That's why I say, that's why I say Keanu Benton is such a good fit because – Finally, another guy that's 6'4", 300-plus with 33-plus inch arms. There's a couple of them, Massey Smith from Michigan, but there aren't many of them. And Benton, to me, has the tape and the size that Pittsburgh likes. All right, that's going to probably wrap things up here. There's a couple questions we couldn't get to, but we are out of time. I already went over a little bit, so you guys can ask those questions for next time. Really appreciate the support and all the super chats and all the great questions from the uh, entire uh, Steelers Depot stream here. Um, appreciate you guys very much. We'll be back in two weeks and hopefully have a lot of uh, information on pro days and free agency and just a lot of news and notes that'll be coming pretty quickly here. And Dave, as always, thank you for your time. Yeah, we're going to be, uh, going to be a lot to talk about the next time we do one of these two weeks from, uh, tonight. Thank you everybody for, uh, Uh, showing up tonight. Peace and love, everybody. Alex, great job. So be sure to check out an archive version of this uh, later tonight. Be sure to check out the site over these next two weeks because there will be so much information, so much news. I'll have a free agency wish list for the offensive guys. Tomorrow, defense will be later in the week. A week from uh, today will be my mock offseason. It's always an adventure of how good or how bad that I do. And so a lot to watch for on SteelersDepot.com. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll talk to you soon. And thank you so much for tuning in.